Welcome back, everybody. I can see the GMs already rolling in in the chat. We have got Kathy Hackle. Kathy, welcome along. How are you doing this Friday? Awesome. I am. I'm happy. It's Hat Friday, so I'm happy to be here, guys. I didn't yep. get the memo. I, I don't know whether yeah. headphones count as a sort of semi hat, but uh, your microphone land is a different on. is a different land, but it's also good. There we go. There we you go. You need a virtual oh. hat. You need some virtual couture. I do. I do. I need to sp go. I'll go and speak to uh, to Kerry at the Fabricant and see if you can hook me up. So welcome, guys. Happy Friday. This is a very very special show. There are going to be a lot of announcements. Full disclosure: there's going to be a lot of news today. So stay posted. Keep watching in the chat because we're going to post some links in there. We're going to put some comments in there. We're going to put some stuff for you guys to follow after the show in there. But first things first. Kathy Hackle, the godmother of the metaverse, the most famous person in all of metaverse history is here with us today. Not to hype it up too much, but I'm, I'm incredibly excited to be here. I'm very excited that you're here. Give us a quick update. What have you been up to? Where have you been? And what is going on in your world right now? Because I know it's been busy, right? Yeah, where haven't I been? Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> CES started off the year really strong, making the pilgrimage, the tech pilgrimage to Vegas for CES. I go every year, get to, you know, do the media previews, super fun. Um, you know, lots of AR, VR. I mean, the whole, we had, there was a whole metaverse section. Like that was amazing. Like, just to see that to on see. the floor. It's about time. Yeah. About time. Yeah. So it was, it was good. Um, then, you know, with traveling for clients and then last week, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I'm saying this. I actually got to go to Davos to speak on an official panel at the world economic forums annual meeting. Um, How was it? No. How did it go? Amazing. Uh, I will tell you, I got more networking done in three days than I do in three months. That's amazing. So highly, you know, it's, I think it's a small location, right? High mm -hmm. concentration of the right people to talk to. Lots. There weren't so many globe, like there weren't that many politicians and like uh, presidents. It was a lot of business though. Lots of business. Mm -hmm. I mean, the promenade in, in Davos was full of Web3, Metaverse. Um, so yeah, Metaverse, Generative AI, Talk of the Town just amazing you know it's been an amazing it's what week three of the year <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and how do you prepare yourself for, for something that big right davos on stage on screen the entire world watching in how, how do you prepare for that well for me it was really last minute i'm part of the the world economic forums in the metaverse initiative we had some papers coming out but it was really last minute that everything came through and i was like okay i'm going um so i didn't have a lot of time to prepare like it's not something you have a lot of thought um, yeah, I, I will tell you, it was just a lot of, a lot of the universe aligning itself for me to go. And then when I was there, just landing there, like tons of interactions, great conversations, lots of questions. I think there's the business community, even the, like the political community has a lot of questions about what is web three? What does decentralization mean, uh, for us? Like generative AI, like I said, as we talked to the town, I don't know how to prepare for it. I just jumped down the plane, got there, did what I needed to do. Um, but yeah, you know, always, always trying to represent our industry and represent women as well. So, yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you for doing it. And for, <laughs> I'm sure there's going to be loads and loads of content coming out after that as well. I did see while you were out there, while you were posting, it was a rather glamorous shot of you on some sort of sort of mountainside bar looking over the ski slopes and there was a book. Is there, there was a book? book. Yes. Um, so I did not plan it this way, but my book, my, my, this is my fourth book. It's my first book, just me as an author, which is huge for me, just mm -hmm. it's my baby. Um, and it came out on uh, January 17th. Uh, I didn't plan it that way. At the same time I was at Davos, 
So, you know, who launches a book of Davos? I did. It's all very glamorous. It's very glamorous. Yeah, very Kathy. glamorous. But it was all over. I mean, I brought it with me to meetings. Like, with, there's like a really nice dinner with CNBC and a lot, a lot of leaders. I brought it on, you know, to WEF. Like, it was it was wonderful. I mean, just be able to launch it there. Um, so, yeah, I, I know some of you guys, I know there's some folks in, in the chat that have read the book. Um, you know, highly recommended. It's it's a business book for anyone that's interested in understanding like what are the chief metaverse officers or the people that will lead metaverse and web three uh brands into the future are gonna do. Um yeah, so it's it's it, yeah, it's my baby. I'm really excited and you know, just thrilled to have launched it at Davos. So Con yeah. congratulations. They say everybody has at least one book in them, but you've got to a fourth, which <laughs> which tells me you've got a lot of books in you. And I'm not slowing down, you know, and I think with with generative AI it's just gonna get <laughs> we're gonna be more more productive. All of us that are content monsters, I think all three of us are content monsters. It's just going to kind of amplify what we're doing. So. 100%. Yeah. Chat, chat GPT, write me a book in my tone about the metaverse, please. <laughs> Tell me when you're done. Collaborate with me, I would say. <laughs> there we go. Way to go. There we go. Way to go. Diego, how are you doing? Not, not to say that you haven't been busy either. It's been a big couple of weeks for you too, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been exciting, you know, like I think that um, a lot of the, you know, the work I'm doing, the brands and all of that, like it's, it's just getting more and more and ramping up. A lot of people are seeing the opportunities, right? A lot of people are trying to test, test the waters and, and learn and, and catch up. And, and it's, it's just being exciting, you know, like uh, it's, it's, it's a new, it's a new world that we are tapping in, although, you know, things have been around for, for a while now. But I feel that they, the, you know, seeing Kathy talking about Davos and politicians and all of that, like that's the level we get into now. So it, there is no going back, right? So I'm seeing that on my end as well. It's an exciting time. And I if I can observe or can look at what the tone of voice is at the moment, you're seeing AI. AI has been in the background as sort of a, yes, it might happen, but it's never really going to have any practical applications for a while. And then all of a sudden, you know, a billion users of ChatGPT and all of a sudden AI is practically accessible to everybody and suddenly realize, you know, 20, 2023 is going to be the year of AI. Amazing. Um, you see that met the metaverse as a domain, as an in industry, if you want to call it that, is crystallizing into some sort of sense of understanding of, of what it is. And we'll talk about that today because I really would love to get your point, Kathy, on how, how do you contextualize metaverse to people? Because I've heard a hundred different yeah. definitions. I've got my own. And then Web3 is in this sort of weird flux where we're seeing exciting projects launch. I think it was something like 250 plus token tokenization initiatives in 15 countries from 161 different organizations last year. If I if I got the moon moon rocket. Um, yeah, 15 blockchains. Correct. 15 different blockchains. Yeah. 15 different blockchains. Thank you. Over the course of just That's one flat. year, more mm -hmm. smart contracts deployed on Ethereum last year than every, than every other year prior to that. Um, you know, number of Web3 builders and teams building doubling versus the previous year as well. That's a huge amount of progress. And yet we still feel we're in this slightly weird um, market low, market lull at the same time. There's, there's some negativity, there's some toxicity, there's, there's maybe less we're all going to make it sentiment out there at the mm -hmm. moment because everyone's feeling the struggle. So it's a weird time. It is a weird time at the it moment. Is. But... Don't worry, guys. We're here. It's Friday. It's the end of the week. We're going to bring you some positivity. We're going to bring you some excitement. We're going to bring you some alpha. Diego, before we go into it, though, we have an announcement as well, right? Yeah, I think there are two, just two, two more things to say, right? Um, I think that Kathy just did a fantastic thing, which she, she launched her uh, group for news, right, on WhatsApp. So yeah. what, what, how is that going? And yeah, so I was I was really interested in kind of how people are using WhatsApp, um, you know, communities. Matt Navarra, for example, Matt Navarra has an amazing social media 
community alert highly if you're into social like that's one to go and i like i i watched it for a few days and said i'm gonna do the same i feel like there's a need to have like a central place because i always get asked like what are you reading how do you get your news um so yeah i launched a whatsapp community um for metaverse and web3 news and I, there's a qr code that's going to go up pretty soon um you, you guys go. can scan the qr code and join the community um you know we just started two and a half days ago and we already have like 2200 members like it's going fast like this is i'm my, my mind is blown um you know we're sharing like three to three to 15 stories per day depending on what it is my team and i with some with some with analysis some without analysis but yeah and um, i see in the chat like great newsletter yeah guys <laughs> definitely sign up or if you know anyone that wants to keep track like this is one of the going ways in. i'm sharing content hey there you go i'm in, <laughs> going in. I, was, going in. I was like member three or four i was like let's go <laughs> yeah but it's yeah it's a way for me to kind of share what i'm awesome. seeing right and then share some analysis like we're hoping to grow the group into webinars long-term content newsletters like yeah just start building i'm all with i'm with you guys like we're building everyone's building we're all experimenting and yeah it's an exciting time so yeah join the group if you want awesome, awesome. thank you for sharing awesome. that katie anthony last announcement of the day yes yes we've got the shilling out the way then we can get into the deep the deep content <laughs> <laughs> hit, hit, hit us with it diego yeah, so a lot of people have been asking us about where can they consume this content, uh, you know, where this goes after and where it's going to leave after uh, the LinkedIn lives. A lot of people cannot make because of time zones or just because, you know, you got to be on a new desktop, phone experience is not great. So we're launching a podcast, right? So basically we're getting all the conversations we have in here, cutting and snipping it out and sending into uh, Spotify and, and other platforms. So you're going to be able to listen to that on the go. Uh, Anthony's yes. going to drop the link on the comments. You can go there and... Uh, uh, sign up for it and subscribe and all conversations, future conversations included. This one is going to be there from, from now onwards. Yes. So you got already four episodes and the pilot episode already on Spotify, already on iTunes, already on Anchor and anywhere else where you get your podcasts. Links are going to be in the chat when I can multitask. That's coming in a second. And so go check those out. So good weekend listening and Kathy's mm -hmm. episode will be the next to go up. So watch out for that. That's going to come and going to be available for you guys from next weekend. There's going to then be a full announcement and shout to Diego who spent at least a minute or two on Canva creating the front cover for that. It's it's inspiring. Um, so. hey guys, thanks for inviting me to be the episode where you made the announcement. Like, oh, oh my yeah. gosh, I'm so honored, y'all. Like, hats off that's to y'all. That's, that's up to you. We, we just really wanted to we really wanted to share it with you and get your approval, Kathy. Like if 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 the you're okay with us doing the this. Grandmother. Oh my gosh, the godmother. Godmother, are you the grandmother? Oh my gosh. <laughs> that escalated the quickly. Approves. <laughs> Let, no. Let's 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 get into let's, that one, Kathy. Let's dig in. I, I the first the first thing what I, I find particularly interesting about your backstory is that you've been working in what we now come to call the metaverse, but what has been collectively a group of technologies and digital transformation for at least 10 years or more in this particular space of creating 3D immersive environments. Um, kind of two things. What did you call this before it was collectively called the metaverse? Oh and secondly, yeah. who who gave you the godmother title? I'll start with who gave me the title and then I'll tell you the whole story on how I got there. Um, so it was 2020, I believe, or 2021, I can't remember. Alexis Ohanian, right? <laughs> we all know who he is, right? He tweets, um, hey, who should I, what women should I follow in the Web3 Metaverse space? I don't want to miss anyone. Uh, and then Andrew Schwartz, a friend of mine that works at Nike's Metaverse team, starts saying, hey, you should follow this and this. And then the last tweet he does, it says, 
oh, and don't forget Kathy Hackle, comma, she's the godmother of the metaverse. And wow. then someone takes a screenshot of that, sends it to me, and then the community starts running. I mean, because Alexis has such a giant community. And um, yeah, and then it just went from there. So I didn't give my, people were like the self-proclaimed. I did not give myself that title. I've got a picture of the, you know, screenshot of the tweet. It was Andrew Schwartz <laughs> from Nike's Metaverse team. So for whatever that's worth, Nike are pioneers in this space. He gave me that name. I owe him a t-shirt. Um, so yeah, that's that's how that name came about. Yeah, crazy. There are much worse titles than you can be given by Alexis <laughs> and others. So I'd, I'd take that one, honestly. I run um, with it. I'm proud of it, you know, so. And, and maybe now the grandmother as well. Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. But <laughs> if the metaverse sure. has spawned other mini metaverses, then may, mini you know. metaverses. Well, and I am the type of nice, like, godmother, like the magical one, not like the godfather, like going to the mattress. Like, that's not, that, maybe on a bad day. Um, but yeah, I'm the nice type of, like, you know, bibbidi bobbidi boo type of <laughs> godmother. So, um, so that's how that happened. Um, and then how I got, I mean, I've been in this, in this for a long time. Um, we've been calling it all sorts of things. I mean, oh my gosh. I mean, w I was in the VR, AR industry for a long time. We were debating all the terms ad nauseum. Oh goodness. What is VR? What is AR? What is extended reality? What is XR? Is X a value? Like, is it a variable? Is it extended? I've heard it all. Like we've mm -hmm. had so many debates ad nauseum on the terms. Then we got into like mixed reality. Oh no, wait, this company isn't using mixed reality. This one's using spatial computing. Then we got into the AR cloud. Like we've had so many terms for for whatever this is, um, you know. I don't. Yeah. At the end of the day, the consumer will decide what what the hell we call this. Um, mm -hmm. you know, we're using metaverse for lack of a better term. You know, will we call this future of the internet the metaverse in ten years? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm not one. Like I don't. I'm not interested in debating the terms. So people really come at people for their definitions. Mm -hmm. Look, I'm I'm I've debated terms at nauseum. I'm done with that. I'm interested in building it. I'm in the trenches, like just like y'all. Let's like, build applications that, that do things it. for people with yeah. stuff. And I mean, the, the shorthand is helpful to some extent because I mean, yeah. what you've described there is a whole bunch of technology capabilities that form part of what is building an immersive 3D yeah. experience or applications for humans for B2B and B2C. You get very long when you start saying all of these things. So metaverse. Is, is, a, is a kind of a, a helpful shorthand. In the same way, I think Web3 is has been a helpful shorthand for the decentralized internet because the decentralized internet sounds very grand. Um, yeah. the, calling it the blockchain industry, Web3 isn't just about blockchains. Yeah. Calling it the crypto industry is even worse because then you've got an immediate reference straight back to cryptocurrency, which is only one application of the broader set yeah. of technologies. And so I think metaverse can be helpful for us to some extent. But then eventually, at some point, it probably just becomes the internet. Yeah. Right? It just becomes the next phase of what's there. And we may use some augmented reality, some virtual, some 3D capability. Mm -hmm. We might use some of the functionality of Web3 that includes decentralization or um, privacy preservation or self-sovereignty or ownership of assets that is perpetual. Some of those capabilities are super useful, too, and we can plug those in. But for yeah. now, we have to kind of figure out as influencers or as people working in the space, what do we do? How do we help people understand how to land themselves in what we're talking about in a short period of time? I feel like everyone's choosing the part of the metaverse that is what they feel more comfortable with, right? So like, obviously, you guys are very much in the Web3 space, right? I have friends that are part of the metaverse conversation that are more in AR and VR, like they're full XR people. 
they're, mm-hmm. you know, working on Magic Leap or whatever. So I think it, it, like to me, like there's so many enabling technologies that make up this future state of the internet, right? Um, so yeah, like I, I think it, it's a complicated conversation, right? And I even got asked one time, like, do you need Web3 to have the metaverse? And I said, well, if you want an open and decentralized metaverse, the underlying component of Web3 is completely needed, yes. right? Is it all going to be open and decentralized? That remains to be seen, you know, I'm sure. And a lot, lot of times it doesn't have to, right? That's yeah. that's a lot of things that I'm discussing, yeah. you know, because as you said, for me, like I see Microsoft or Meta or like they're trying to claim the metaverse or position the metaverse based on what is interesting from their point of view, right? So for companies on the Microsoft side of things or for the future of, uh, you know, working or remote working, if you will, obviously that cannot be an open metaverse, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously that cannot be a space where everyone can come in, everyone can tap in, is open source and all of that. There's so many security layers that need to be added to that to make sure that is a place where information can be stored and shared, right? So mm-hmm. there will be a lot of use cases that uh, will definitely be needed to be behind those walls, right? We talk a lot about uh, here in the show about industrial metaverse as well, right? So yeah. how can you make that space open for everyone? You know, it's different. I think that the the definition is really important because there is different ways of looking into that depending on the use case. But, you know, it's important also to underpin that, yes, there will be space for fully centralized, mm-hmm. hybrid, and Wild West decentralized, right? And all of them will play a different role when has to exist so we can have different experiences, right? But there is tension. Like you show up somewhere at Davos and people that are full, like completely Web3 are like, you sold out. I'm like, no, I'm having a seat at the table, having a conversation about where these technologies are going. Um, so I think it is there is that pressure. I mean, I and I'll, yeah. I'll be honest, I live in Washington, D.C. because my family's here. Um, and, you know, I have conversations with defense, with many parts of the government. Obviously, a decentralized version of the internet is not something that they want to necessarily have. It's scary no to some people, right? Remain, uh, you know, within closed doors. So, so yeah, to me, I agree with you, Diego. The future to me is not only fully open and decentralized. Mm-hmm. It'll be a mix of those. Some will be walled gardens for one reason or another, whether it's financial or whether it is because it has to remain under closed, you know, in a closed way. And there will be hybrid, right? I think we're going to move in between all those spaces. Um, and yeah, and I don't think like sit, having a seat at the table with those centralized organizations means you're selling out. It means you're actually engaging, having conversations. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love I love that because I get a lot of my maxi friends from Web three mm-hmm. as well telling that I'm working with the man because they yeah. work with the brands, right? And I feel I feel you. We are in the same spot in different situations. And a lot of times I say, you know, like if those brands and if governments and states will enter this space. Who better than one of us to be there to raise the arm and be able to share the message that we think is the direction the community wants to go based on being part of the community, right? Mm-hmm. Like otherwise someone else is going to take that spot. And I feel, uh, you know, being in that situation of being one of the community that represents some certain points of view is extremely important, right? Mm-hmm. And then we are able to sort of like bridge both words. But also we cannot deny that if we really want to go where we want to go and get where we want to go, we need the masses. Right, we call mass yeah. adoption, we call onboarding, whatever it's going to be. But otherwise, it's just going to be a thousand people shouting at each other that we all going to make it, and we won't. Right, and, <laughs> and that's what I think is very important. <laughs> that's where, like, and, and I'm sure you guys saw this. I don't want to get off of topic, but this is a conversational thing. Run with it. That's right. Let's go. Let's go. Um, like Amazon. Like, of course, I've been hearing rumors for ages that they're going to come, etc. Like, there's some leaks that you know that, that just came out and stuff. I'm like, you know, I'm like wow, this is really, I mean, I work at Amazon Web Services on the cloud side. So like, I'm really geeking over like, what does this mean for cloud? What does it mean for edge? 
etc but i'm like wow like that could potentially really lead to a bigger adoption I know we all got super excited when Coinbase launched their waitlist and it's like millions of people, but it is Coinbase, right? Not everyone is on Coinbase. I mean, most people, not most people, but a big portion of the, the, the people um, are on, at least in the US, are on Amazon, right? So how does like play into adoption? Like we already have Starbucks Odyssey, right? Nike Swoosh. Like I can't, w- I can't wait to see what Amazon does, right? Yeah. And I can't wait to see like the technical part and what it runs on. That's just me being, ge- you know, geeking out on if it's going to be <laughs> AWS or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, excited to see that. What are you guys feeling about that announcement, whether it's true or not? But if it were true, and if it does happen in the next months, what does it mean? My my ingoing position on every every brand announcement is give them time to get it right, mm-hmm. right? because I mean you you, you c- can observe some very recent examples, but very many examples over the last few weeks where something's come out, people have got super excited about it, then the initial functionality drops and everyone says like, well, that's useless, that's not gonna work, that's not decentralized, that's not Web3, um, that's mm-hmm. not how you build a community and immediately cancel. And and anybody who's been around working in technology innovation or digital transformation for more than 10 minutes will know that the first MVP you drop is very rarely going to be the best version of what you create or that this is a new space and maybe they start with very limited functionality just to test the waters or because there's a huge amount of change that needs to go in the rest of the organization when it comes to using decentralized technology or crypto or hosting nodes and so on that the organization just hasn't figured out yet and that's going to come with time and so you end up with a small version of dipping the toe to start with but but the you know, the adoption police will jump in and say, well, that's not, that's not good enough for Web3. That's not mass adoption ready or, or that's, not, that's not the utility we were expecting, therefore canceled. And, and I find that we need to be more patient, I think, with anybody entering the scene, whether it's a layer one, layer two, oracles, brands, metaverse, any of that, because innovation does take time. And we, if, if, if the first response from the, you know, the woke Web3 community is, you're canceled every time a brand steps into Web3 and tries to try something new or something that's relatable to how their business is, is, is built, no one's going to come in. They're going to think, well, you know, we'll just, we'll just skip the step then and we'll just go straight to Metaverse and you guys can go and have your decentralized, you know, LAN party with a thousand people in the corner and, and, and be off with you, right? I think we have patience. We need patience. And this seems to be touching a nerve because I see all the comments. Some people are like, Amazon, no. <laughs> so interesting. I'm it is interesting. And I, I, I think, you know, like I, I tend to say, and I know we're going a lot into Web3 here rather than the metaverse. And I want to go back to that point. But mm-hmm. for me, you know, the way I'm always trying to not necessarily just define, but take the complexity that is around everywhere to make it easy for people is that for me, the metaverse is an evolution of how we connect digitally as humans. Right. And it's an evolution of that interface. Right. If you think about the initial way that we connect as humans digitally was through text, you know, chat, bo- chat groups, ICQ, uh, MSN Messenger, we all be- been through that. Right. And then after the words that evolved, that evolved to be video, live videos, like we are right now, audio and video, we see each other, but still is this kind of like screen flat, uh, weird relationship, which you, if we all would be in the room right now, it would feel much different, right? And now we see that evolution now being the avatar, the 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 digital words, right? Where are we going to go and be immersed by that experience? And is an evolutionary aspect of it, right? And for me, that is part of how the internet is evolving and how we all will be interacting with each other there, right? What does that mean at the end for everyone else within that space? Is that, yes, every single brand, every single tech company, every single 
community, every single creator, all will eventually shift and move towards that because that's an evolution of the entire ecosystem on how we experience the internet, right? So should Amazon be part of the new evolution of the internet? Fuck yeah, because they are one of the well, biggest players, to. right? Like, like that, you that's can't just get kind to the metaverse without cloud and edge at levels we've never seen before. Like, so like, yeah, I understand people not wanting them to necessarily touch NFTs, but if you want that future of the metaverse where everyone's connected and there's idea presence, you need cloud at levels we've never seen. Right. You so, know, you know what anyway. is funny? People say like, oh, I don't want Amazon touching NFTs. But if you look majority, majority of the NFTs that are being hosted, a lot of them are on Amazon cloud. A lot of them, right? The so-called like, yeah, we came here to like disrupt everything and it's decentralization, blah, blah, blah. And you go on the contract and you figure yeah. out where they, if, you know, if it's up APFS or not, a lot of them are Amazon, right? So mm -hmm. like, what are we talking about, right? And that's, that's kind of like this mob mentality that uh, I feel that displays as well how worldly we are because the community is so small that any type of mob mentality takes over and everybody's talking about it. Oh, have you seen? But our world is so tiny still. That, you know, like in, I don't know, five years from now, like whatever happens, like nobody cares. Like how many people today care about like some big news about the internet? Nobody cares. Mm -hmm. Right. And I yeah. feel that that's going to be sort of like how we're going to start moving forward from there. Mm -hmm. And I will say, I think it's interesting. There's some really good comments here. Um, I know uh, Nolan was mentioning we're playing the long game. Like I'm building towards 10 years. Like I'm, this is not, it's not here right now. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. And Gen Xers, we're dating ourselves. I love that. I'm actually an mm -hmm. older millennial. That's how I like really identify. So anyway, um, but yeah, you know, for me, it's like, we need to have these conversations. This is not easy. We're going to need all these different components. That's why I tell everyone this, the unsexy part of it, like the cloud, the edge, the, you know, the connectivity, 5G, 6G, that's not sexy. It's sexy to me because like I geek over tech, but like in order for have that, to have that future that everyone's envisioning, you're going to need this. You're going to need those data, you know, those data centers, you're going to need all these sorts of things. So like, don't kid yourself. You will need those in, that infrastructure, and there will be startups that will create amazing rails and amazing infrastructure. But you know, there, yeah, everything's gonna be powered in a certain way. So I don't know. It, it'll be interesting. It'll a lot be of what we're still building is infrastructure. A lot of what's in Web three is infrastructure. A lot of what's in Web three is infrastructure that's also not just blockchain, mm -hmm. and that's the bit that some people trip up over. We we said we were going to try and bring it back into the metaverse a little bit. So so Kathy, I was wanting to pick your brain on how well. From the conversations that you have, whether that's with Web three or is with millennials, with you know the latest generation, I don't know what we're up to. Gen now. Alpha. I, think I talk alpha. to my kids a lot. They're a gen yeah. alpha. <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 then you know in in business or in B two B settings, how well do you think metaverse is understood as a term, and what do you typically say to help people get it or to contextualize what it is we're trying mm -hmm. to build? Well, I usually tell them you know, it defies definition. We're building towards it's not the full expression of it is not here today. Um, I also share that in my vision, the physical world is part of the metaverse. It just hasn't been fully enabled. It's not just Roblox, <laughs> right? It's not just VR. Um, so yeah, I mean, I do a lot of education. I try to ease them into understanding, like if this is the successor state to today's mobile internet, and it might be more immersive, more persistent, more social, more 3D, what does that mean for you and your business? What does that mean for, you know, for kids and their careers? So I, I do a lot of that, you know, um, mm -hmm. I think definitely sitting down and speaking to my kids over the pandemic was you know, transformational to me. Like I spent a lot of time with them, but it was sitting down playing with them, understanding their world and understanding the basic premise, right? That to many, many of the older millennials and above, um, and you know, and, and millennials in general is that, that idea and concept of, of separating your virtual and physical lives, right? For mm -hmm. the younger generation, th there is no difference. Like it's, it's real, like it's all part of life. It's just mm. virtual and physical, but it's not, 
you know, to them, it's the same interaction. Like if they fight with their friend in Roblox and they show up at school, they're still, you know, they're still mad they're at still each other. Still fighting. <laughs> they're still mad at each other, did not change the thing. Um, so yeah, I think it's changing the chip, change, understanding the, the difference there. Um, I think a lot of parents get it, you know, a lot of parents that spend time with their kids and understand kind of their where their vision's going. Um, but yeah, to me, the physical world is part of the metaverse. So there's one of the things that I try to bring, try to and have people understand. It's like, it's not just, just because you watch Ready Player One or just because you think it's VR, that's not it. It's broader. 100%. Yeah. So who's the metaverse for? The metaverse will be for everyone if you take into, if you if you believe that the physical world will be part of that. Hmm. I like uh, touching on that. Sorry, go on. I was about to say, I, I caught myself saying the real world the other day. And I think we've got to catch ourselves about what, what that, that's the wrong term to use, right? It's, yeah. It is all it. real. Everything is real, but you'll have a separation between the physical world in which your physicality is present versus the digital world where your physicality makes use of computer technology to, to be in other spaces virtually. Yeah. yeah. I was just about to say, I love the, the, the fact that you're tapping into VR as well, because Every time you hear the word metaverse, it comes accompanied by a VR photo, right? If you Google metaverse, you'll see it going images. Oh, yeah. Is all it's about, right? So, and and especially there was a, I don't remember which magazine was it. That the was Time magazine, about the, the Time magazine, Pizarro. right? Like that and it was, was so, real. It was real. So like I saw it trippy. on. Yeah, that was so trippy. I, I look at, it, I was like, this kid, this is a meme. And then I went over and it's like, no, it's actually not, <laughs> right? And it's all VRs and all politicians on VRs. And and for me, it's just interesting. I feel as you said before, you know the. The, the sort of like the metaverse being the ultimate bridge between physical and digital world and then VR, uh, sorry, and AR being the sort of like the enabler of that, which is going to be super exciting, right? Imagine you, you were transcending from the phone to, you know, mm -hmm. goggles, not goggles, but glasses, lenses, whatever it's going to be. And then you start moving towards the direction and then now you are bringing those two worlds closer to each other. Something you start, uh, you know, uh, on the on the, on the offline or physical world, if you will, then you can sort of like finish on the digital world and things are interconnected. Like that's super exciting to me, right? And I think that that's how you're going to start bringing things closer. And every time I get a question from, especially on the business side, like, oh, what is the opportunity in the metaverse for the business? I'm really looking forward to read your book to figure that out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm there's like, actually really good tidbits in there, not just because it's my book. I really, really. Yeah, like I, I, I bet. You know, and and that's kind of like what I'm saying. You know, like if you think about gaming, which you just said, which is such an enormous industry. And we look at, uh, you know, the, the behavior of the upcoming generations, uh, you know, people were valuing digital uh, identities mm -hmm. over uh, their physical identity, right? Like, look at social media. Like, people have been building and leaning against their digital identity way more than, than you know, on their physical identity. So when you add that layer of purchasing digital assets or having a marketplace where people can engage with or having, uh, you know, maybe you have an office, you need like, you know, decoration mm -hmm. for your office because people are going to come and have meetings with you there instead of going to Google to Google uh, Hangout, right? Like that's where the entire thing makes sense, right? So uh, I'm always trying to sort of like show that, that, that bridge that you mentioned because I think it's so like, you know, eye-opening for people that's still not sure about what this is about. And it, it's really thinking like longer term as well. Like I, I live in DC once again, like I talked to a lot of people here in government. Um, I was talking to, uh, like I was doing a talk for the, like the secret service. And one of the questions I get asked is like, are, are we in the future going to have to safeguard the president's avatar? I said, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, What's your a great president, question. yeah, I mean the president of, I don't know what year, right? Because <laughs> everything, but, um, but yeah, I mean, they are going to leave just like there is a trail of data that you leave on social 
and the younger politicians have that trail of data and everyone that is on social has that trail of data, right? These, you know, the president of the future is playing Roblox and Fortnite and is creating Mm. avatars, is creating personas, is creating names, et cetera. Like there is this longer term vision and and this all came about, I'll tell you how. Um, I did a project, a a volumetric video project, a hologram was used for lack of a better word, but there's no light field um, with the chief futurist at the Air Force. And when we were doing his, his hologram, we had to safeguard it and we had to be like, okay, it can't be processed outside of the country. It has to remain here. There's so many issues that came about. I'm like, oh my gosh, like forget about owning the rights to your hologram, but how do you store a hologram? How do you start to create these things? Um, so to that point, you know, I think really interesting. Um, you know where I get really excited beyond the business possibilities? Mm. I get very excited and motivated thinking about how we can use these new te- technologies for historical preservation. Mm. and keeping those stories alive for future generations right books very analog i love writing books but this is very analog right Mm -hmm. but how do we for the future those kids those presidents of the future um how do you safeguard you know this content is it 3d and and how do you create volumetric video and um i'll give you an example one of the projects we did was around a dance uh, a native american dance that you know they were forgetting to the people in the tribe were forgetting so they created these holograms because that way you can see in 3d what the person's doing languages you know, you can see a flat video, but if you're not really seeing what the lips are doing, the teeth are doing, mm-hmm. you can, that can we can lose it. So I am a firm believer that those of us working in these technologies are creating the printing press of the future. And mm-hmm. that's where I get really excited about like longer term vision. You know, yeah, you can make money, what have you. But, in, you know, but that is where I get really just, oh, my gosh. Just so that's excited. really powerful. <laughs> the, the, the idea of, of, you know, physical spaces or ancient buildings or you know, areas that may be affected by war or conflict mm-hmm. and so on, where entire cities or entire buildings may look incredibly different five, 10 years down the road. Yeah. The ability to preserve history, that's super powerful. The ability to have people still walk through those spaces um, years later. I think listening to you both talk, there's something that I think a lot of people miss out on is as humans, we're mostly just still trying to do the same jobs. Mm-hmm. It's still the same needs we have as human beings but th- but we're doing them in a different way or we're using different media or a different medium to to engage with that activity I, i'd be interested if you guys can think of any new jobs or new mm. needs or you know new new human activities you know the 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 the, the need to flex your pfp still just works back to the the need to show off in society to preserve status or to seek out a mate or whatever it might be right these the, the need states or the jobs are still very, very similar. The metaverse is just enhancing them and being able to maybe map what are those fundamental human needs that Web3 and the metaverse is helping us to achieve might help us relate our technology to humans in a more empathetic way. I don't know, maybe that's book five. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, you know what I mean? I give a lot of, you know, I've written articles on like jobs of the future and stuff, but like the one I'm seeing right now is like, whether it's creative AI director or prompting engineer, like people that work really well with AI and know how to prompt this thing really well. I think those people, those are interesting jobs that you're starting to see. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's all gonna be all sorts of all sorts of jobs, all sorts of things. I mean, I think empathy, incredibly important as we move forward in a more tech, you know, technological society. Mm. Um, yeah, and chief metaverse officers, of course. <laughs> Love seeing but, that one come through. Security guards or, or moderators, the role of a 3D 3D moderator or a spatial moderator versus a Discord moderator mm-hmm. becomes materially 100%. different. How you interpret data in terms of people moving in 3D spaces and what 
in, you know, what positive versus negative engagement looks like in, in a metaverse context becomes mm. quite different. Like you said, yeah. the Secret Service guarding the president or, you know, IP protection for, mm -hmm. for the, the head of the Air Force's hologram. These are actually still, um, when I talk about jobs, I mean, less, less in terms of career, but in terms of, you know, the requirement for security, the requirement for protection, the requirement for socialization, the requirement for earning a wage, et cetera, et cetera. Sorry, Diego, jump in, man. Yeah, I was just about to say, because I'm super excited. And when Gaffy was talking about uh, the things that she's excited about, like there are two things for me that I'm like, it blows my mind every time I think about it. One is education, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I was, I sucked as a student. I hated school. You know, like I was the classic troublemaker because nobody could catch my attention because it was just you not still interested are. in any of it, right? Like, that hasn't changed. Still are. <laughs> Setting things on fire. That's what I do. Uh, you know, like just because I, I need to like get interested on in something to go thousand percent in, right? And, and school was not that for me because it's, it's, it's not immersive. It's not for the now. It's always for the past, right? We still have schools like we did in the 18th century, still the same model right, or 19th century after the Industrial Revolution. So what I'm super excited about is actually how we can use immersive experience for bringing education in a different level that people will be interested, right? As you said about the past, I'm looking, okay, what about language? You know, you go mm -hmm. and you visit an experience where you can be in Paris with, uh, you know, Parisians and they're walking you around mm -hmm. and teaching you French. Like amazing opportunity, right? So education for me is huge to do things that are not possible uh, in the real world, but also to enhance and give more uh, chance and, and, and equity, right? And that taps into the second element, which for me is, is inclusion, diversity, right? So how do we change this model and in, in, in macroeconomies where for you to be successful and a great entrepreneur and have a in, and build a big business that can have global impact, you need to be in the US. You need to be in Silicon mm -hmm. Valley. Yeah. You need to be in the, in the core cities in the world, right? And I love your quote above all that I ever heard around where you say, that and you can you can get me here if I'm butchering, but that the next Coco mm -hmm. Chanel is gonna be a, a girl, uh, you know, creating on, on, on Roblox, right? Yeah. So that's the opportunity. And I go beyond that for me, it's not just about the girl creating on, on Roblox, could be that that girl comes from, uh, you know, Bangla yeah. Bangladesh, from India, from she could be any, anywhere, anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world where the opportunity of doing that just with, you know, a fashion design or a fashion brand that is physical only. It's, it's almost close to zero to have global and impact and to have a global platform, right? And lowering now, the barriers for people to come in and participate that way. That's, that's exactly powerful. what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. That's massive. exactly what I'm talking about. You know, so that's what gets my, my, my blood going because I'm like, oh my God, there's an opportunity here for us to shift the model, the economic model and onboard people in a manner that we can have more equity within a global and macro economy. Like that's how important this next transition is. And that's why I'm so bullish in the metaverse and Web3 when they come together, because through the composability of smart contracts and all of that, you can empower that creator economy, right? You can create and give the chance and the tooling for those people to come and, and play within it, no matter where they are, who they are, whether mm -hmm. they got money or not, or whether, you know, they're in the US and Canada, whatever. So like, I'm, I'm super excited about that. Well, something I saw in the news recently, and Anthony, are you based in, are you in the UK right now? I'm I'm British, holding an Irish passport, living in Lisbon in Portugal. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're <laughs> you're fully web three. You're in Lisbon. Okay, I love it. Um, so I saw I saw like um, some news that came out yesterday uh, with the mayor of London using Minecraft uh, to invite kids to help figure out like to think about like what does the London of the future look like? And I, that to me was 
adding a layer of, you know, of the voice of the young people that are going to have to live in London in the future, right? I, I thought that was such a brilliant use of the technology mm. from a design perspective, educational perspective, access, access. I mean, not every kid has access to Minecraft, but many do, right? So I don't know. It just, it, it made me very hopeful. It was one of those news that I read and I was like, yeah. It, it, that, that's an appropriate application because you're taking, you may be able to take a simplified digital representation of London and be and be able to create in that space or to be able to take mm -hmm. take people into certain spaces in the municipality and do something do something with that and say right here's the space let's look at this in different ways what could it be let's overlay um mm -hmm. some amusement let's overlay a pedestrianized zone let's overlay cyclists let's see what this looks like with different types of trees um you know let's see what this looks like with a festival space and now let's see how um thoroughfares and people movement flows and do simulations and so on you know, that that could be super exciting. And that solves the problem of town planning, municipal planning, city engagement, right? How many people have, mm -hmm. how many people go to the town hall today? Hmm. Right? How many people know where the town oh, hall it is? It depends in the US, it's kind of weird, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, fair point. Fair it's point. kind of kooky right now in the US. I'm not even going to go there. Uh, but yeah, right. most people don't go to town hall. <laughs> I got to... I gotta bring us to a place we we always go, which is yes. fun. We got 15 minutes left to go through. Oh my gosh, it goes by so fast. I know. And I wanna be respectful of your time and everyone else that is watching and obviously our time as well. So we always do the meme reveal, right? So there's a mm -hmm. meme, we go through it and review and we give our point of view. So there it is. For the ones just listening to it, mm. uh, the picture says metaverse is so much the future. And then under it, you read, yeah, right. Remember second life. And then basically the background picture is that online. Kathy, is the metaverse just a, you know a fud in that sense? Because it's been around since 2007 when the when Second Life was launched and didn't work and never went mainstream. And we are just trying that again. Is a new cycle? What is your take? I'm sure you get asked that question way more yeah. than I get asked that question, but you know, love to hear your take. No, I mean, and I love Second Life. Um, I love Philip Rosedale. Like I'm, I'm in, I'm with Philip in a lot of different groups, and I think he's building towards the future. Uh, if you ask him, the creator of Second Life, he'll say, you know, they're still building towards the future. Hundred percent. The Second Life was a step, a, a part of it. Like it's a part of it. It's part of the history of creating this future that we're going into. I actually, in the comments, they were saying like all of these cases are from Second Life. I'm like, mm, not all of the ones that we're discussing. Some of these are more futuristic. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely. This is what I will answer. I'll say, keep your eye on what Philip is building with high fidelity, keep your eye on what he's mm -hmm. doing with, with audio. Fantastic. I mean, and he's the visionary that created Second Life. Mm -hmm. Keep your eye on what Neil Stevenson's building with Lamina One and, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. open metaverse concept. Um, so yeah, like it's part of, it's part of creating the, the future. So like to me, Second Life could be the past, but it's part of creating that future. So they're both intertwined. Yeah. So this is very I, meta to me in my perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I look at that as well. Like I just want to give a stab because I feel there's so much there to tap in. There is three elements for me that are very different than from 2007, right? When you talk timing, uh, the first one is is tech, right? I I often ask like, do you remember how your phone was in 2007? Your mobile, like it wasn't touch screen, right? Like none of it, right? And look at us now. Look like we we literally. Uh, you know, have like the best technology in the world in our pockets, right? It's insane. So if you look at that, that's that's absolutely a no-brainer. If you look at demographics as well, we we spoke a lot about the new gen and 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 people that are natively being born within digital realms, that being gaming or social media or other things, right? So that is already like natively happening for everyone that's coming next, right? Uh, and then the third thing is macroeconomics, 
right? We never spend as much time on, online as we do with different things and play, playing different uh, roles within it. Uh, the the investments never made as much sense as they do right now from you know all types of, of sides because obviously uh, you know now there is a huge opportunity within this new next extra layer of the internet that's going to be built. And uh, again, if the metaverse is a is a is a is a evolution of how we you know digitally connect as humans, like it makes so much sense to go beyond video and audio to you know that type of experience. So I'm really excited and I love answering this question because a lot of people are like, oh, okay, like I understand, you know, things have changed within the last what like almost 20 years, right? Yes, it did. <laughs> so you know, like that's kind of like where I'm always looking from. I, I, have, I have two observations to this. Firstly, for those who can actually see the picture, is, is that Second Life Keir Finlow Bates on the right-hand side there, blockchain Gandalf with the long the long hair. I can't see whether the beard's there on the front, but I, he, he, may, he may have originally been there in Second Life. He's, he's been in the metaverse all along. Um, my, my second point is exactly what you've said around the, the evolution of technology. This reminds me of why so many people go back and look at Star Trek episodes from the 70s mm -hmm. or the 80s. And, and suddenly realize, oh my God, they were right all along. Look, the tricorder is an amazing invention. Why don't we have that now? Or, and so on and so forth. And all the other examples is people realize what the problem was long ago. The jobs or the problems we were trying to solve or the jobs we were trying to do have been there all along. We know as humans kind of what we need. It's just the technology took time to catch up, right? Evolution one of Netflix was sending CDs or DVDs to people in the post. Right? And that didn't scale hugely well, but now look at what the business represents. It represents mm. creating its own content and be, being able to stream to multiple different types of devices anywhere you are, anytime, um, creating their own content, their own gaming content, et cetera. And there'll be NFTs woven into there and micro communities and so on and so forth that they can spin off from there. That's the evolution of technology capability mixed with you know, the experiences we're trying to create. So. I, I believe that what was right then with Second Life is right now. We've opened the thing up as well, though, is that at that time, that's a closed platform developed by a single software developer. And, and we're talking about a very different open and interoperable metaverse now, right, Kathy? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's funny because I'm reading the comments and people like, you know, reminiscing about a lot of stuff. Uh, this mm -hmm. is something that came to my attention this week. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of get this close. This Zoom is actually in. from Prince. So Prince in, yeah, let me see if I can get it yeah, closer. There you go. But this is from Prince. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, my screen's a little dirty, but um, <laughs> that's from like, I don't know what the year is. I need to find the year, but I believe it is pre-second, it's before Second Life. Well, for one of the albums, he for one of the songs, he didn't even create a video. He created a video game. And this video game was in a CD-ROM and very few people had a computer that could play it. Wow. So like that to me is like, we never mentioned that as part of the metaverse. And that to me is like an amazing storyteller taking vision in a totally different way, right? Um, so I don't know, like that came to my attention. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Someone was already thinking about this. Like, and he he was thinking so far ahead that he even put in his in his will that he will not be brought back brought back as a hologram, right? Um, so like there's visionaries out there like Philip Roysdale, like Prince, like no one thinks of Prince like, you know, he's a visionary, musical visionary, but like from a from a like a tech perspective, wow, he was doing this stuff back then. Just sharing that because to me it was like one of those wow moments, like, whoa. That's so, amazing. Mm -hmm. I'll pull. I'll pull the pull up up. Uh, <laughs> I know people are crying out. Very cautious of time. Uh, we can just carry on the conversation. I just want to give the opportunity for us to claim it. Uh, While you're doing and, the pull up, uh, I'm I'm going to ask a question to Kathy that, there you that go. I've been kind of musing over for the last little while. Is what's the difference between the metaverse and a video game? 
Oh, well, because I mean, game is the on ramp. Gaming is the on ramp. I mean, the game engines are the way we create some of this virtual con virtual content. Mm. But it's not all a video game, right? And like to me, like augment is augmented reality all a video game? No, I mean Pokemon Go is, but um, yeah, like I think gaming is an enabling technology, and it's the on ramp. It's the closest thing we have right now to try to explain where we're going. Um, yeah. But yeah, to me, they're, they're separate things. It's, it's an interesting one for because you, you, you see brands creating in the same way as Prince had, right? Prince created a video mm -hmm. game to help others engage with his music. Did he create a metaverse platform? Or did he just create a game that's a way of having his fans engage in, in three dimensions or in virtual reality? And, and does that matter? Do we need to be too proud about the term metaverse? Or are we just saying, well, that's good news. We've, he's created an immersive experience. You know, is that a metaverse? Do we start branding everything metaverse now? Should we care? I mean, that's I a marketing know. term, like, right? It's like, oh, so-and-so is in the metaverse and does X in the metaverse. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm, you know what? Just use it if you want to. Like, I, like to me, <laughs> once again, like, I am so over debating the term and what it is and it isn't. Like, I'm just like, say whatever you, your marketing, your marketing teams are, need to have a, an itch to scratch and they will scratch that itch. And then after they scratch that itch, we'd be in first to do X. And then we talk about the serious strategy longer term. So, yeah. Love, love it. <laughs> love that. Let's go. That that's that's the don't cancel it before it's had a chance to breathe mm. um, mentality. We're that uh, honestly, game, we need right? more of that, more of that yeah. from everybody. Cool. We got five minutes left, six minutes left. There are three questions they want to get us through. There are many questions in the chat, but you know, like we need we a longer a... show, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll do we'll do a part two when book five comes out. We'll do part two. Yeah, you guys keep inviting me, and I'll like if I do five, you get you give me like a smoking jacket or something. Like, they do <laughs> so yeah, good things that is recorded, so we can definitely look back <laughs> on that later. Cool. Um, I'll I'll leave the pop up so people can still claim it. Uh, and the the question is on Oof. screen, Kathy. I'll read that. So Bosk is mm. asking, Kathy, what would you expect in twenty twenty three as the three major changes in terms of the metaverse development? spicy start that's a good one i mean i'll say generative ai 100 generative ai to me is part of the metaverse it is an enabling technology and is going to allow us to create a lot faster um so generative ai definitely taking the spotlight um connected fashion i know you're wearing your 90cc shirt i'm a Let's member go. of admit one as well i'm personally working on several like uh, connected jewelry collections and connected fashion collections with luxury accessories so definitely see this fashion continuing to lead the way continuing to be a first adopter and pushing the limits and then third i mean oh my goodness i don't know there's so much happening um you know now with amazon entering the space i i wonder what the path for mass adoption is um so i need to kind of reframe my thoughts there um i do think volumetric video i'll say volumetric video becoming increasingly useful and important as we move forward so. can you expand on volumetric video because i'm not i'm even not sure what exactly that yeah yeah so to, to hear from you 3D performance capture. So for example, um, I used to work at a studio that had 100 cameras that do 3D performance capture, which means they are not shooting out, they're shooting in and recording mm. every single thing that you're doing and creating holograms, for lack of a better word. There is no light field, so it's not a true hologram. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of things happening with volumetric video. You know, Yeah, I, I can definitely share some, ex some examples, but it's pretty much bringing that person live into your living room in their true form and in their true self. Um, yeah, and, and live is, is the key here. So I, mm -hmm. I did that. I went volumetrically live into the central land during Metaverse Fashion Week. I did it live. No one had done that into That's the central. Very cool. Yeah. Another quick question. Oh, funny enough, it's from Bosco as well. I didn't <laughs> I did not read the names while picking, just want to make that very clear. And Bosco moving forward, we'll today. find a better way on which we can yeah. 
filter the questions from the from the community just to make that very even but yeah keep keep, keep us accountable on that uh question will there ever be something like the open for all metaverse and who will be owning it Hmm. Mm. I hope the users own it. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a bit of a loaded question. I hope that the, you own your data, right? And you are able to access this uh, metaverse. I think there will be components, heavy components of open metaverse, um, you know, in the future. Like I said, I agree with you, Diego. It's like there will be closed gardens, there will be hybrid, and then there will be an open part that will be really exciting. Um, but who yes. will own it? I hope the users. So we'll see. Yeah, I think that if the if the concept of open for all and and you know in a in a way which is which is everyone can sort of like contribute and build on that almost like an open source way within software, um, I think that's going to be exciting, right? That's kind of like the the method. I think that any sort of like decentralized autonomous organization or any you know shape or form in the future that is well established enough to be started to be used. Uh, I think it could be some modeling like that, right? Obviously, if you look at the central land, they having uh, the DAO running it and a foundation on top of that layer. It is already a manner of like in terms to be a more sort of like, uh, you know, shared ownership with the community. And I think that once, you know, uh, one, we are ready because we aren't right now, right? Let's be very honest. Two, once, uh, you know, regulations are in place to help us to guide and, 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 and go through that. And three, once technology has caught up even more, I think that's kind of like where we're going to move more forward. I think the important question there is like, who funds the development and, and what is the commercial model of an, of an open metaverse? Right? There will be funding that comes from places. There will be people who have stakes in the business. It might just not be capitalism in the way that we know it now, where you have a centralized PL, an organization capturing as much value as possible, and then using that to reinvest in itself. It may be a more holistic model or at least we hope it will be. We're already starting to see that. Yeah. I got one last question. Do you want to say something, Kathy? Because I saw you moving around. Yeah, Maybe I just, just I was seeing some of the comments. People were like, why are you throwing AI into the mix? Because AI to me is part of the metaverse. If you read any of the content I put out, if you read my book, this is my third book where it talks about AI. Um, it definitely is an enabling technology. Like we cannot limit ourselves to only think it's one specific thing. It's many enabling technologies. Um, so I definitely think that's important to mention. And I will, I'll stick to it. Everyone is entitled to their opinion, though. So. This is a hill I'm happy to die on, too. This is not technology maximalism, right? Blockchain will not save the world. Web3 will not save the world. AI by itself will not save the world. VR will not save the world. We need all of them together to curate better experiences. With humans, with good humans behind it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I have one last question right. before we drop. Uh, you can make it short if you want. Um, mm -hmm. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to get my head around that. I have very different perspectives, very different points of mm -hmm. view. But Anthony just mentioned about, uh, you know, the business model within uh, metaverse that can enable that business to exist, right? We're seeing very early on a replication of the same model that we have in, in the physical world. For example, Sandbox having land sales, uh, you know, and land being the enabler of that business model that empowers them to, to be able to keep expanding and keep building on it. What is your take when it comes to land? Because I think that land in a digital world is infinite. So why should we have a limited mm -hmm. amount of things in a world that everything is infinite and can be replicated, right? So I'll love to I'll love to take your to to hear your take on that. Yeah, I mean, I own land uh, as a speculative asset, right? That's what I tell anyone. I I own it as a speculative asset to see what it does. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my only analogy there is like, what could you really own in Web two? Maybe you could own your domain. 
right? There's, you know, maybe there's, like I always say, that there was only one Pepsi.com. There could be many different variations of Pepsi domains, but there's only one Pepsi.com. And maybe there is a, an, an equivalency there. Like if you own land in a specific area that might become, in a specific world that might become one of these bigger ones, then you own that, that you know, that Pepsi.com type of thing. Um, I don't know. I own it as a speculative asset, right? Um, you know, things have changed and shifted a lot. Um, you know, so the no, not landlords in the metaverse and, and you know, people buying land and doing nothing with it in mm -hmm. a, in a, in, in a shared and open landscape where the intent is to build and create and encourage more people to come in and build and create is a little bit like kind of British, British mm -hmm. tourists buying up entire swathes of the Bulgarian coastline is the economy kind of falls out because you don't have people actually living there. You have people being there for small periods of time. The, the, the same kind of experience is coming into the virtual world and i think there there are some really interesting comments from vitalik and others who are weighing in on mm -hmm. how do we create incentive structures for landowners to create value mm. in these spaces which i think is going to challenge all of us because mm -hmm. it, it's a problem we've seen in the physical world but now we're seeing it in the in the virtual world as well and we're seeing these same problems rehashed over again i will put this out there i'm more concerned about virtual air rights who owns the air the air around us and what they can put in front of our eyes uh, then, then the question on virtual land. That's love just it. Like, love it. Love it. Yeah. Love it. All right, <laughs> yeah, it's a great way to just end in an open forum, right? Think about that. <laughs> Kathy, <laughs> thank you very, very much for your time. Really appreciate it. It means a lot for us, for you taking the time being here. Anthony, thank you for all your support and partnership as always. Uh, and yeah, thanks. Thanks for everyone watching. Congratulations on the podcast. Thank so. you very much. Thank you so much, Kathy. Bye. We'll see you for book five and part two of this sometime soon. Have a great rest of your oh. day. <laughs>